Hello, and welcome back to Superhero Fatigue. I'm your host, Jacob Helker, with my co-hosts... Ren Malone. Christian Cook. And today, guys, we are talking about Spider-Man the Movie slash TV pilot from 1977. Uh, A true, true travesty of a film. Not just as far as superhero films go, but just a, a true travesty of a film in terms of basically every aspect. Casting, writing, effects... Uh, Halloween decorations. Uh, this film has all of them in it, and they're all pretty crappy. It's actually the Amazing Spider-Man. Oh, but there's nothing amazing about this movie. No, yeah. good God, <laughs> holy crap! But the mediocre Spider-Man just doesn't roll off the TV guide page quite as well. Mediocre might be too positive of an adjective. <laughs> it definitely is. Yeah, I guess garbage does not also that also doesn't roll off the TV <laughs> guide page very much. <laughs> um, the movie, let's see, it's it stars Nicholas Hammond as Peter Parker, aka Spider Man. Uh, he's pretty much the only actor that's of note from anything that yeah. anyone might recognize nowadays. <laughs> he was one of the Von Trapp family kids in The Sound of Music. Everybody else is pretty much just just a bunch of actors from, like, unless you know 70s television, you're not going to know who any of these people are. But there is a guy named Dick Balduzzi in this movie, which <laughs> made my inner junior higher laugh. Well, <laughs> I thank God that we didn't talk about that before we started recording this. <laughs> There's also a woman named Jeff in this movie. The, the uh, character or the no, actor? Uh, the actress who plays Aunt May is named Jeff Donnell. See, I saw that on Google, I think, and I just assumed that it was like a mislabeled picture or something. Nope. Her name is Jeff. That's my stepdad's name. Weird. Yeah. I mean, not weird that that's your stepdad's name. Weird that that's a woman lady name. named Jeff. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I don't know. It was the 70s. People were doing, people were, I assume, doing lots and lots and lots of cocaine. Sure. But you have to remember, it was the 70s, and she was already probably well into her 50s or 60s. Yeah, but it's funnier if I say it this way. That's true. Because we're recording a (laughs) podcast. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha. Classic comedy. Uh, The movie is set in New York, but I think it's filmed entirely in L.A., and it feels... (laughs) Like it's filmed entirely in L.A. Yeah. yeah. There there are definitely some like very not New York palm trees going on during some points during this movie. Yeah, there are lots of little lawns and stuff in yeah. front of buildings, which I've never really seen. I've never been to New York, but I've never seen that depicted in any sort of way for New York. So. Uh, the Empire State Building shows up in the movie Well, and doesn't look anything like... The actual Empire State Building. I think that might be the only scene that's actually shot in New York. Well, then I Maybe. just have egg on my face because I thought it wasn't the Empire State Building. Well, the, the reason is, yeah, Jacob and I, yeah. he, he mentioned this because I happened to be in the room when he was watching this scene. And it's because the image, I don't know if it's just um, the copy of it that I bought because this isn't available on DVD anywhere so i had to get like a really bootleg version that's really um pixelated and just looks terrible as oh. terrible as this movie is so and bad. uh i it the image was really washed out for that so you could only see the first yeah, story that's true of the empire state building <laughs> the empire state warehouse yeah. <laughs> the, the empire state pottery barn the empire state one bedroom two bath 
no one bedroom one bath and it's all into there into the living room and kitchenette as well <laughs> uh let's see so the opening credits feature footage of spider-man crawling around on he's like on a floor <laughs> set made up to look like the side of a building and the actors film from above to create the impression that he's actually crawling up a building when really he's just like moving around on his hands and feet on and it looks like that every single time. Yeah, you yeah. See oh, so bad. Well, not every single time because we also get treated to some great, great shots uh, of him superimposed over a building background. Oh my! Yeah. During gosh. this too, I will say though there are some climbing scenes where like it cuts to his point of view and like he's climbing I, up. I wasn't mad at those shots. I was thinking the whole time, why did they not just film all of it? from a POV shot. Yeah. I kind of like those so shots. much better and so much more believable. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, I think they, maybe they were just like trying to be ambitious, uh, which was not a good idea whenever you were on TV in the seventies to try to be ambitious with any special effect no. at all. <laughs> no. And it's, they do a lot of POV shots in the newer versions of Spider-Man that we've seen. Yeah. Yeah. A uh, hundred different times or a hundred different types in the past several years. <laughs> By three <laughs> different directors. Count them. Count them. Yep. Um, anyway, he's just like looking around. He always, he's always looking around whenever he's climbing up the buildings too. Like he'll climb a few feet <laughs> and then he'll stop and he'll turn and look at the camera. And then he'll climb a little bit farther and stop and turn and look at the camera or like crawl a different way. And it's just... If anything, it shows how limited the amount of spaces that yeah. the actor is confined to on this little made-up-to-look-like-a-side-of-a-building set. Yeah, it, it doesn't ever look like he's actually going anywhere. It just looks like he crawls in circles for, like, a couple of seconds, and then we'll stop and look back between his legs back at the camera. Oh, my gosh. that was the That's the worst <laughs> shot of the movie, too. It's and they, they do so it several stupid. times, and it's stupid He's just got every his ass time. up in the air, and he's looking... <laughs> underneath which straight back at the camera yeah it which, looks so silly and he shakes his ass every step he takes he <laughs> waggles his ass back and forth like he's a high schooler doing bear crawls it's hilarious Ugh. okay yeah yeah so anyway so, so we've we've officially made it to the middle of the opening credits Let's yeah say. <laughs> uh so the credits end and the movie opens with a doctor and a defense lawyer walking out of their respective workplaces without a word or warning and they rob a bank together and nobody really understands what the heck is going on, why these really respectable guys would go out and rob a bank. Um, it's a little bit reminiscent of the opening of Wonder Woman, the way it's kind of yeah. synchronized. Like yeah. They're, they're filming the clocks in the room and showing and then showing that these guys are suddenly acting at the same time. Yeah, these uh, the, the uh, doctor and the lawyer that it shows in this opening, uh, I guess, sequence they they kind of walk out of their respective workplaces like the the clock strikes and you hear this like kind of thing yeah. and then they walk a, out kind of like, like zombies so signal. yeah so it's it's clear something weird is going on it's not like a, it's not like two men that make hundreds of thousands of dollars a year each were both like oh i guess i should go rob a bank with this guy who also makes this much money yeah yeah they just completely <laughs> go blank face yeah and ignore everyone who talks to him uh if anyone's not really picking up on it i'm gonna cut to the chase right now because it's pretty obvious they're being mind controlled or something yeah yes. like they yeah they're like walking like zombies like yeah. they're, they're hypnotized or something like that they're unresponsive to everything surrounding them yeah uh, and uh let's see the doctor he plays the getaway driver for the lawyer 
And the lawyer grabs like a revolver and a gas mask and a smoke grenade from the glove compartment. And he loads them into his briefcase, pausing in front of the camera with each of them. There's a lot of this throughout the movie where people will show something to the camera really blatantly and then they'll set it aside or whatever. Like later after they rob the bank when they they uh, they crash into a brick wall and uh, they open up. Oh, some other guys run up and grab the cash that they stole. Um and they just show it directly to the camera. Yeah. And then they lock yeah, it up I was, and run away. I was 50% sure I was watching a, uh, a showcase showdown, but not <laughs> not sure enough to stop watching it. Because... I like to bet $1, Bob. <laughs> yeah. $1 I, on I, the gun. Honestly, I think I would have been better off just watching an hour and 45 minutes of The Price is Right well, rather than watching it. Watched. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but the camera zooms in on like a, a silver pin on the doctor's suit jacket. And clearly this is how he's being controlled. Which very strongly suggests that pin while not identical is strikingly similar to like the SS pens. I thought the same the thing. Nazis wore back in I the was day. Thinking, I was yeah. thinking something similar too. Yeah. It looks that don't jive. Well, <laughs> I don't like that. I think it's intentional. Well, yeah, but I still don't like it. Just like it's intentional that they have some caricature Asians later in the movie. It's intentional, they, but I don't like it. They definitely do. Yeah. Oh, full um, on Fu Manchu, baby. <laughs> and when the, you know, he loads like the, he's got this smoke grenade with him when he goes in to rob the bank. And when it goes off, it makes the most cartoonish sound. It's like an explosion right out of like G.I. <laughs> Joe or something like that, <laughs> where clearly nothing blew up anywhere and there's just smoke from it. And there's like, it's pink smoke kind of. Yeah. yeah. And I was wondering, are smoke grenades, is the smoke like a certain color normally? I or have is that... no idea. I've, I've only seen white smoke come from smoke grenades. Uh, maybe... But smoke grenades also don't explode like that. Yeah, I don't think they do either. Yeah, they let they out just... smoke. Although I will say the doctor walking out from the bank with like the mask on and the gun in his hand and the briefcase looked like a total badass. I, I thought the same thing. I thought this is the coolest shot in the movie. Yeah. It happens again later with a woman. And I was like, man, this still looks so yeah. cool. Like yeah. it makes me wish I was watching a totally different kind of movie. Yeah. She did. They, they both just like casually toss the gun into the car. And yeah, it looks, it's like a guy walking away from an explosion, but like, that isn't pink. Like Am a real, I watching like a fire the town? <laughs> I thought I was watching the town for a minute. I got excited. And then you were brought back to your cold, frozen reality. Yeah. <laughs> okay. But yeah, they drive away into an alley and immediately wreck into a brick wall. And then two other guys pop up very deliberately, steal the money and the little pins, and they run away. And the wreck is really slow. It's like way too slow to leave them unconscious but i guess they kind of explain that yeah. later that they're left in a sort of comatose state yeah I guess. yeah the that's a another recurring theme throughout this movie there are several car wrecks and they're they all happen at under 10 miles an hour yeah <laughs> they do it's really it's it's awkward every time too yeah it, it oh it doesn't look because you and you have to wait you wait like it shows the, the like the cut back and forth shots like it's going to be like oh the wall oh the car oh the wall oh the car and it looks like it's going at like 70 miles or you feel like it should be going at like 70 miles an hour uh but it doesn't do anything to make the scene seem faster it just makes the scene make you motion sick yeah, and I mean, and it, really and truly, the amount of damage those cars are taking, <laughs> unrealistic at the speeds they're going. <laughs> this car gets totaled from a five-mile-per-hour wreck. Yeah, the way they film everything in this just makes makes it all seem so much more obvious that it's fake. Yeah. 
from the wall crawling to like the cars wrecking. Sometimes they'll just cut to the car is already wrecked. Yeah. And we're like <sighs> 10 or 15 minutes into the movie now. And we still haven't met Peter Parker. Yeah. So uh, cut to the Daily Bugle newspaper publishing headquarters where we're introduced to three comic book regulars whose names all sound really silly <laughs> when said together. Editor-in-chief J. Jonah Jameson, our lead Peter Parker, who is a freelance photographer, and eventually editor Robbie Robertson. Peter is trying to sell photos to J.J. when Robbie comes in to catch them up on the plot. Robbie is the most stereotypical 1970s black dude of all time. He just like slides in. He's like, hey, baby, come on. Be cool, J.J., be cool. Yeah, thank God, thank God for all of this great cultural sensitivity that we have in this movie, starting with, yeah, Robbie. Yeah, if, my if only God. he was that animated, though. I <laughs> yeah. yeah the, hey, baby. <coughs> Be cool. Go. Be cool. <laughs> so they turn on the news to find out that some secret mastermind is mind-controlling respectable citizens into committing crimes. And he threatens to brainwash 10 more people unless the mayor pays him a ransom or something like that. Like He threatens to brainwash 10 people to kill themselves. That's right. Yeah, that's right. This is 1977, and I don't see shit this dark on TV now. Yeah, this was was pretty... This is exactly 40 years earlier. Yeah, it kind of shot to... It kind of shot to 11 as far as, like, the the edge factor of this plot line give me money or everyone's gonna kill themselves not i'll kill you but everyone will commit suicide (laughs) so far all of his robberies have been a success too so i kept wondering like why even demand a ransom when you can just keep doing this and yeah he demands 50 million dollars i'm sure he could get a lot more than 50 million from banks yeah oh absolutely jacob pointed out to me earlier that this dude looks like l ron hubbard so I think he just sort of gets off on death. He's just like into it. I think that's why he's doing it. Like, well, I mean, but, he's an evil mastermind, and I think they have a way of like doing things the most evil way in movies. Well, so I give yeah, him a pass. I give him a pass sure, for it. Sure. I mean, it just makes. I don't want to give this movie a pass <laughs> it's not, for anything. It's, it's not what way, I would do, but <laughs> it's the way it's written. So yeah. whatever. Anyway, Peter leaves to go to uh, what I'm assuming is a university building. Uh, it's really not very well established as far as the shots and stuff. Yeah, but, uh, I you... thought he was like a struggling photojournalist and then a radioactive scientist on the side until they mentioned being PhD students later. Yeah, in they, the they mentioned the word doctorate and or a PhD. They mentioned the word PhD, and so I'm like, oh, okay. And there are a few kids you see walking around with school books and stuff. Yeah, and he's got his books with him, and and later on they establish it better. But at first, I was like. Does he just work in a lab, or is this school? What is this? Why does he need <laughs> money selling pictures? But, I, again, I feel like there aren't a lot of buildings in New York City with nice green lawns, so this establishing shot screams, not really New York. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, he works in a lab with a friend named Dave dealing with radioactive waste. And Dave is almost wearing a Captain America shirt. <laughs> it's blue with a big old star on the front, and he has... No idea how close he comes to gaining superpowers. Oh my gosh! Yeah, and I almost several feet. Yeah, he he's right there. He's so close, (laughs) and I almost feel like he's a better fit for Spider-Man too because he's making like wisecracks and all sorts of stuff the whole time. Yeah, and and he looks the part. 
I was just at, like, at one point, guy? at one point, a delivery guy comes in to bring, uh, I guess he says a condenser that he needs for some experiment. And, yeah. Peter's uh, building a transmitter at home in his attic. Yeah. Which yeah. Yeah. Will come into play in the plot later. Um, barely. But so this delivery guy, he demands payment. Peter uh, realizes he doesn't have the money. And so he's offering to write this guy a check. Uh, he's offering to get him the money later. This delivery guy's being a real ass about he it. He offers to get uh, a private hotel room. Peter really is trying <laughs> for this needs condenser. this condenser. Yeah. Uh, and so, the yeah, Dave, the uh, the other lab assistant, he's uh, uh, the delivery guy asks him, well, am I any danger here? And Dave's like, only if you want kids. And yeah, yeah. I think that's a much better fit for Spider-Man. Like, he's snarky, you know? He's <laughs> well, a little I mean, snarky. To, he cracks jokes. To give Nicholas Hammond... Some credit. I mean, that that's just how the movie was written. It's like the Raimi movies. Spider-Man's not really funny in those movies, but that's not Tobey Maguire's fault. It's the script he's given. I think, well, that's what we're pointing out, though, is just yeah. that... Well, I, yeah. I think that would be... It's written... The Dave yeah. character is written so much more true yeah, to I, the Spider-Man yeah. character. But, um, yeah, the... Uh, the guy he just spends a whole lot of time joking around and stuff. Yeah, and he's he's a, he's a likable guy, I guess. I like um, Dave. So the uh, delivery man leaves, and Peter helps Dave move radioactive waste using a remote controlled mechanical arm. This is in like just this... an, a claw machine. Yeah, it's yeah. basically like it a is. crane game, but it looks like they're actually dealing with real lab equipment. Yeah, for I, handling. I would... It's like a glass enclosure type yeah. thing. And inside is the mechanical arm, and they're moving the waste very carefully with it because it's very radioactive. Yeah, I, I actually thought I was I thought this scene was set up pretty well because I thought the beaker it was sitting in like a block of lead, so the radiation couldn't escape, and I was like, oh, that's a nice touch. It was set up well. Yeah, um, I mean, certainly it's <laughs> but just was it... dumb that in 1970s, the way we as scientists handled radioactive waste was the claw game. I'm pretty sure they probably still do stuff like that now. Too. I don't like that but now. Do you just think scientists swallow radioactive material just like bathing no, in it in the laboratory? I just think they... <laughs> this is high radiation stuff. I you understand still, It's that. not different in 2017. I, I just imagine they would use like, uh, like one of those glass enclosures with like the gloves where you can reach inside to just Like the things you put a baby in? Like the things you put a preemie baby in where you like have to yeah. reach in with the glove arms? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't know. If we have any nuclear scientists who listen to us, let us know. Hey, man. Radioactivity, premature babies. What's the difference? That is not accurate. What I want to know is... Is it necessary to show the entire process of moving the radioactive waste <laughs> oh, into no, a safe? Oh no, God, no! The, think... it, in the I watched and I counted, and it's a minute and forty seconds long of watching them do this, and it, but it feels like five minutes at least, where you're just sitting there like, this is supposed to be what creates the spider, like what makes it radioactive that's eventually going to bite Peter Parker and give him his powers, and all the tension is just sucked out of it completely. Yeah. Like you're, you drag it out to a minute dry. and 30 seconds of them moving this arm slowly to pick up this container and pour it into another one. It's just, yeah, the whole it's thing super was dry. And yeah, yeah, it sucked any excitement I had. Like I had forgot I, at the beginning of the scene, I knew what was going to happen. And by the end of it, I was like, Oh shit. I'm still waiting for Peter Parker to get his superpowers. Yeah. It's uh, something interesting to note, though, that Peter is directly involved in creating the radioactive which, spider in this yeah. version, which yeah. in most versions, he's just watching an experiment yeah. or just happens to be bitten. 
but in this, he's pretty directly responsible Which, for I it. Mean, I thought really it was fine. Truly, I, I mean, I'm not mad at it. Yeah, yeah, I don't care how he gets bitten by a spider. I just want it to happen. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, which, which, mind you, which brings us to the next point. Peter gets his superpowers. He Yay! gets bitten by a spider that gets locked in the glass box. By the way, can we yeah. talk about something right quick? This radioactive crap, the blue goop, is supposed to be so radioactive that it will kill people if they're exposed to it. All that happens to this stupid little baby spider is that it gets transferable superpowers. Well, and it glows. <laughs> but but it okay. only but it only glows in still images so that they can like rotoscope the glowing yeah. around it, but not spend money on animating the rotoscoping. It looks like the <laughs> Batman movie that we watched. Yeah. yeah, like any sort of effects or special effects they'd add in there, like people getting electrocuted. It looks exactly like that. Just they just it's which, a, yeah, it's a still worse. photograph with a <laughs> around it. It just it makes me kind of mad that there's no consistency there because like the whole. Scene, they're like, oh man, it'll kill you, it'll destroy your life, it'll mess you up. Unless you're a spider, and then you just get to give people the best disease imaginable. Are you in? Ins- that's the that is the origin story of yeah, your favorite that's superhero. That's not just this movie. That's yeah. just Spider-Man that is in the general. Sol- that is the I, origin story. I subscribe to the updated modern origin story where it's a genetically modified spider because it makes more sense in modern understanding. Of okay. course, like. It is stupid when stories still try to say, like, radiation gives people powers because everybody knows that is not what happens. <laughs> radiation gives you cancer and kills you. It yeah. does. And or that's mut- pretty much it. It yeah. mutates you in a not fun way at most. <laughs> Nobody's ever gotten wings from su- from radiation. Yeah. <laughs> if Looking they, at you, if they did, they were big old flesh wings and they were gross. <laughs> but it always bugs me when various versions of Spider-Man's origin don't show the spider getting squished or dying because... It's like it's an open plot thread or something where well, just anybody could uh, happen actually across Actually, in the comic books right now, uh, um, they're ex- they've explored that a little bit. There's this character named Silk who uh, she got bit by the same spider that bit Peter Parker, and then she killed it. And she spent like the because in the comics, comics are weird. It's been ten years since Peter got bit by the spider or whatever the hell, and uh, so she spent all that time like locked up in a room. Uh, because uh, her scientist father, I think, was scared of her powers, and like they get to, she ends up escaping and blah blah blah. And her and Peter can't be around each other because they share pheromones that make them want to. Shut up! So God. Peter, Wait, what? So after being bitten by the spider that's radioactive, uh, Peter, <laughs> yeah, Peter, you. Peter leaves the college. And he grabs some food on his way home, and a guy who just robbed an armored car at gunpoint nearly runs him down. Fortunately, Peter's famous spider sense kicks in, and he notices the car in time to flee. The spider sense doesn't kick in. He just sort of, like, knows the car is there because he can see it because, like, images of the car keep... Spider sense in this movie is eyes in the back of your head. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, it's it's more than that, and it's it makes no sense later on when it's used. <laughs> oh, God, I forgot but, about uh, later. Unfortunately, he runs into a dead end in an alley, <laughs> but fortunately, again, he springs out of the way and uses his newly developed wall-crawling powers to escape from harm's way. Which um, I'm not actually mad at, because that's pure 100% Amazing Fantasy number 15. Yeah. I, I agree. Yeah. I didn't have an issue with how he got away from the car, but I had an issue with 
uh, was the fact that he seemed to contact his fair, like the tips of his fingernails to the wall and just be sucked up the wall. Yes, he, he's very, <laughs> he's being pulled up. Yeah, by a pulley. He, is, he is very much on wires in this scene. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, it's not, it's not, not only is it not good wire work, but it's barely wire work at all. He just, it, he just looks like a guy on a harness being pulled up by a crane. You can see the wires. <laughs> Can you? Yes, you can in a oh, lot of these I, scenes. I didn't. I didn't even. I didn't even notice then because yeah. it was a wide shot. I didn't notice in this scene specifically, but oh yeah, they're all out. Oh, they're, they're out there. Seventy-seven <laughs> giving me good wire work. Um, and then cue totally pointless flashback to Peter to the spider biting Peter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, oh, He's that not... that thing that just happened in the last scene. Yeah, okay. he he falls asleep. And... No, that's that's later. That's here in a minute. Oh, 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 you're um, right. Yeah, he gets up to the top. He gets up to the top and he just remembers. Yeah, he just has the flashbacks. <laughs> uh, but the same two crooks from before approach the car and make away with the goods. Clearly, the driver was another victim of mind control. Uh, afterwards, Peter's taking pictures at the uh, crashed car, now a crime scene, and is harassed by the police captain, Jacob's favorite character, Captain Barbera. Really great. <laughs> so good. He doesn't gnaw at every piece of scenery he's around no not at all um and i was thinking in this like captain barbara is this really loud and kind of obnoxious guy who's like cigar chomping I was thinking the whole time, why is this guy not playing J. Jonah Jameson? They keep <laughs> yeah, switching characters absolutely, around. Absolutely. And uh, yeah, he's he, perfect for it. And even the, the uh, uh, even the guy who played J. Jonah Jameson, he he could play a police captain. Yeah. He's gruff. He's grumpy. He's old and bald. Exactly. That's what police captains are old and bald, I assume. I assume they're older than most of the people that they supervise because you don't get to captain by, you know, being a 22-year-old hothead. You don't need... This character was invented just for this movie or for this TV series, and you don't need to invent this character when this character already exists in the comic as Peter's boss at the (laughs) newspaper, J. Jonah Jameson. Yeah. uh, Um, Who's the guy who took over for... uh, who He hosted, like, the later seasons of Unsolved Mysteries... Oh, oh, we've had this talk before. I don't know. The, the 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 quintessential TV cop. Yeah, he looks like every TV cop. He he's played a TV cop in thousands of shows. He was a cop in Chicago in real life before he was an actor. Yeah. Huh. But I yeah, I can't remember his name, but I know exactly who you're talking about. I can picture the guy in my Yeah, yeah. many moons spin on my grandma's couch watching unsolved mysteries. If any of you can Figure it out. Please tweet at us or Facebook yeah. us or something. At this point, if any of you can write our next podcast for us, just tweet at us. Yeah, if you could Google something for us and then write our next podcast. <laughs> and then contribute $300 to our Patreon. That would be Thanks. aces. <laughs> so um, after Captain Barbera has done yelling questions at Peter, uh, Peter's allowed to go home. And in his attic bedroom, he has fallen asleep studying, and there are more pointless flashbacks to the last few scenes. He doesn't dream when he falls asleep. He just, like, goes through how his day was. <laughs> yeah, it's just showing, like, yeah. exactly. I think it's kind of like an attempt to show that, I don't know, that the spider bite's working on him a little bit. They kind of did this in the Raimi movies. Yeah, I guess. But yeah, but- 
it's but he just wasn't peaceful in the Raimi movies he was like thrashing and like breathing heavy and he looked like well, there's a change going on him and this one like he was just DNA's like his being rewritten yeah he was just like peacefully sleeping like oh yeah. man oh that spider bite was weird earlier today I'm huh. Nicholas <laughs> Hammond my hair is perfect yeah, yeah you get a full recap of the first like 20 minutes of the movie that you just watched yeah. right then <laughs> pretty much Okay. Um, he decides to test his new abilities once he wakes up by climbing out the window and crawling over the side of the huge house in the worst superimposed footage I've ever oh, yes. seen set to groovy music. So This bad. is such a brazen test of his powers, too, because it's, it's the daytime in a residential neighborhood. At the house he lives at. On the yes. front of the house that he lives yeah. in facing the street. And it's been it's been a problem before, kind of in the movies, that Aunt May lives in way too big of a house to be having the financial troubles that she does. Yeah. Like in New York, it's really prime real estate. And this one, this is a mansion. Yeah. Like, it is several stories high, and it's got a basement, I think, where he's building yeah. the transmitter because his bedroom's in the attic, and it's just like, this is a huge house. Also, there are clearly several bedrooms in this house. Why are you making your nephew sleep in the attic? I don't know. I mean, it's a it's a cool setup, though. I, yeah. I, I mean, I mean yeah. I mean, bedroom. yeah, don't get me wrong. His room looks straight up like a living room. Yeah, it's, uh, it's nice. But, but... I mean, it's an attic. It, it doesn't even look insulated. It's just, it's just the top. Sh- it's a it's, shed it's on top of her wood. house. And yeah, then he has to go down like five flights of stairs just to get to the to the dinner table. <laughs> um, and also, he left the lab at five. You're telling me he grabbed a snack, got chased by a car, stuck around to take pictures at the crime scene, talked to the cops, traveled home, studied took a nap and it's still daylight outside whenever he does this. <laughs> maybe it was a maybe it was an early out for Well, hey, he's in college. Maybe he just had morning classes. I'm sure they didn't no, think of it that. It shows that he left at 5. Oh, 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 you're right, you're right, you're right. 5 p.m. So, like and I know it's the same day because he's wearing the same clothes whenever he wakes up. So, maybe he's just gross. I hate <laughs> this movie. There's just no good establishing time, how much time has passed and it it's a issue that i noticed after this i noticed it throughout the movie but spider-man deserves so much better um, he does he's the best he'll get it he got it'll it. be 40 years or so but he'll get it yeah. anyway the next day i hope he decides to test out his wall crawling powers again out in the open by crawling up a building his spider sense tips him off to a purse snatching and he yells at the thief who's kind of stunned by the sight of seeing a guy on a wall Long enough for a cop to apprehend him. And a group of people saw Peter too, but the cop doesn't believe any of them. And he wrestles the thief away, and the lady gets her purse back. And there's really nothing... Yeah, that's that's just like his first crime stopped, quote-unquote. But even though he doesn't actually stop the crime, he just exists near the crime, and that stops the crime. He's got a yeah. little baby book with a picture he took of himself on the <laughs> building, and he labels it Spidey's first outing. <laughs> he, it's a, no, it's a picture of that ridiculous face the guy makes at him with his mouth, like, buried into his stomach, just... <laughs> it's ridiculous looking. He, uh, I guess it, it's just to establish that the public sees him, and they start calling him... The Spider-Man yeah. or Spider-Man. Okay. Well, yeah. Um, so next, Peter tries to sell his photos of the previous day's crime scenes to uh, his boss, JJ. But JJ wants photos of the Spider-Man that people saw. And this is the first time the character's name is used in the movie. 
JJ doesn't believe it, but Peter claims that he saw the Spider-Man too. Wink, wink. I did. I did see a Spider-Man. <laughs> he even claims to have a picture of him in a costume, and JJ tells him to go home and get it. He also claims Spider-Man is super strong and spins webs, but he hasn't display, displayed either of those. He hasn't yet. even invented the web shooters <laughs> oh, yet. No. Yeah, if he, well, because it sounded better than, what does Spider-Man do? Oh, he, uh, he climbs up stuff. Yeah. I guess he's sticky. <laughs> he, probably, he said it, and then he was like, crap, I've got to invent something for that now. <laughs> And he did it. He oh, did my it. God. He's like, oh, God, I hope I'm super strong. <laughs> <laughs> so Peter returns home to his mansion, and uh, he lives with his Aunt May, who's this little old lady. She's in most incarnations of Spider-Man, not always old. <laughs> Is Uncle Ben, like, ever established in this movie? No, he doesn't exist in this movie, yeah. Yeah, because there, there's no, like, showboating and stuff with his powers to learn that he needs to be responsible Peter's with just them. a wholesome fellow. Yeah, Peter, just, Peter is a boy scout. He is, <laughs> yeah. although he looks about 40. <laughs> oh, he is a man scout. <laughs> yeah, Nicholas Hammond was 27, I think, whenever this series Which, I mean, first isn't started shooting. completely unbelievable because he's a PhD student in the show. And that's, that's true. pretty close to the age. Yeah, I guess so. I didn't really think of that. He just he looks older than twenty seven. Yeah, that's true. And I don't know. He just he looks old. <laughs> um, you look old. Yeah, I do. I'm starting to get there. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, this version of Aunt May is mostly annoying. Uh, she's like a clueless old lady. Oh, I hate Aunt May. Yeah. But thankfully, she doesn't show up much. She's got. Two scenes, I think. I yeah. still hate her. She she shows up to do the the quintessential Spider Man like, oh Peter, what's going on up there? Peter, oh, oh. Yeah. Uh, sorry, I was being. Uh, what's what's her name? From the, the Raimi movies. Uh, the uh, actress Rosemary. Yeah. Rose Harris is, is it Harris? Rosemary Harris is, was my Who first. Is the thought. other one. I'm, I'm thinking it's Rosemary Harris. I think it is. Too. Um, but yeah, sorry, I was definitely doing her voice. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Where like Spider Man is discovering his powers in his room, and they call up to him. That happens in just about every single movie. Pretty much. So needs to uh, web sling the Dr Pepper can. <laughs> so, the very clearly placed Dr Pepper can. <laughs> <laughs> Capitalism. Um, that's from the Raimi version. Yeah. For those yeah. who don't know, he's shooting his webbing, trying it out at a, a Dr. bunch Pepper of logos. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's blatant product placement. Uh, so he said he that Spider-Man had a costume when he was talking to JJ. So in the attic, Peter steps in front of his mirror to reveal the Spider-Man <laughs> costume. And it's a pretty weak reveal. Because it he just is. walks in front of a mirror. There's no, like, grand entrance or anything. And, I mean, and this he... is a Spider-Man movie, and the costume, you know, it shows up at... Because I, I make a note of it every time we watch a superhero movie. Uh, 26 minutes, 40 seconds in. Which, I mean, this is an hour and a half long movie, so that's not horrible. But yeah, it's not, that's not great. not too bad. I mean, for establishing his origin, yeah. too. Yeah. It works. I don't have a problem with it, really. I still but... would have preferred earlier, but that's just me what's weird about it is that he pulls off the mask and laughs like a crazy person which almost yeah. makes up for the weak reveal yeah he has a horrifying look on his face he's yeah nicholas hammond the way his mouth moves is very strange it's like yeah one side of it is a little paralyzed or something i don't know if there's a story there i don't really care but yeah when he starts laughing looking in the mirror all wide-eyed because yeah. he's like 
supposed to be filled with joy, but he just looks insane. He's like, all right, I'm Spider-Man. But it comes across as, I am your overlord and you shall all bow to me. (laughs) I am the Spider-Man. And I don't like the way, because, you know, classic Spider-Man, it's a classic image of Peter Parker in the Spider-Man suit with just the mask off. But, like, he has to take off, like, the mask is attached to everything. And he has to take off, like, the whole top half. And he's wearing a wife beater underneath it. Yeah, it's it's very weird. And then looking. he maniacally laughs. <laughs> it's like Aunt May, you've got your nephew is up in the attic, putting on a costume. He's got powers now, and he's just laughing maniacally in the mirror. <laughs> Take care of your nephew. So later, Peter sets up his camera in an alley and takes photos of himself in costume, climbing up the side of a building. And then he takes them to the Daily Bugle to sell them to JJ. And while there, J.J. gets a call about another bizarre robbery crime scene, and Robbie suggests that he send Peter out to take photographs for the bugle. And J.J. reluctantly agrees. Yeah, Robbie's, I feel like Robbie's always a pretty good guy. He yeah, is. He's in always, every depiction. I mean, he's always, yeah, he's always, he's like the, uh, I don't want to say the straight guy, but he's like the, the angel on a shoulder that's like, come on, give the boy a chance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, at the crime scene, Captain Barbera is speculating about the recent crime wave when Peter shows up to take pictures. And uh, the latest perp victim, perp slash victim, perp victim sounds <laughs> weird. Perp victim. <laughs> is trapped in his wrecked car by the steering wheel, and Peter gets at his face with his camera. <laughs> it starts taking photos like he's Jake Gyllenhaal but from Nightcrawler. Night <laughs> yeah, yeah yes, that's like... what I was thinking, because he's right up in this guy's face with it, and the guy's like writhing in pain, and Peter's just... Click, click, click. My problem is is Captain Barbera or Bar whatever. He Barbera, is, I think. He is so bad at his job. Peter is there for every single car wreck, just taking pictures or just standing there doing whatever. If I'm a cop, that dude's going to jail for questioning. Yeah, for sure. Well, like, I mean, he he does question him, but if I mean, if you don't have, proof but he that, questions him. But by, if you if you don't have proof that somebody's done something wrong, you can't just take well, them yeah, to but jail. The only way he questions him is Peter's walking down the alley. He's like, "Hey, kid." Not well. I mean, he's not the penguin. <laughs> <laughs> I like to think Barbara's first name is Hannah. <laughs> he's like the somehow the younger version of a character that was portrayed ten years before. Wait, what? Hanna Barbera, like the cartoon company, like Scooby Doo and the Flintstones and the yeah, Jetsons that's and... sorry, I I phrased that in a stupid way, but like those cartoons started in like sure. the forties, but so, that but also that wasn't funny. So let's, you know, let's just cut this whole segment. Okay, okay, continue. Barbera <laughs> gives Peter a hard time about how suspicious it is that Peter keeps showing up at these crime scenes and Peter keeps taking photos and suddenly remembers sympathy when he sees the man in the car is trapped. The cop. I, I think it's a cop casually leaning against the car says, listen, take it easy, will you? We're doing everything we can. But he's just like <laughs> lazily leaning next to this victim that is in pain. As he paints his fingernails and blows on Smokes him. a cigarette. <laughs> blows hey, it right in his face. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to be all right. <laughs> Here, take this. <sighs> It'll help. So Peter ends up freeing the guy while no one's around. And as he goes to leave, Captain Barbera bumps into him, which knocks his camera down and the film falls out, ruining all of his photos that he took. So kneeling with the broken camera, Peter looks up at Barbera like he wants to murder him. (laughs) It's a, it's a bad shot. 
I don't know. Was yeah. he laughing again? No, it's no, the same. They, it's the same <laughs> crazy <laughs> eyes, but now they're mad. Pretty much. It's supposed to be like, oh, you broke my camera, but it just looks like I'm gonna kill you. Exactly. Yeah. Your whole family. Son of a bitch. <laughs> so uh, the victim's hot daughter Judy shows up in her car as her dad's being loaded up and taken to the hospital, and apparently all of the other victims are in comas, and this is the only one who isn't. So Barbara's completely insensitive to Judy. He's just like snapping at her and that's who this guy is. The guy in the car. I hate this dude. I hate his stupid face. Cause the, every single time they cut to him, unless he's got dialogue, he's just sitting there going, Oh, yeah, he's got his mouth agape and like, his oh. eyes are rolling back. Yeah. <laughs> it looks silly. I hate him. Um, so Peter immediately begins flirting with this girl, even though even going with her to the hospital and nearby, the man in the fedora has been watching everything in this alley happen. Um, elsewhere, yeah. we get our first look at the man responsible for all this in a control room with all sorts of fake 70s computers and machinery around him. Fedora guy radios in and tells him that the latest victim survived. So Judy's just left the hospital room after visiting her dad when Fedora guy enters disguised as a fedoraless doctor and places <laughs> one of the tiny metal pins on her father's jacket and leaves. Elsewhere, the bad guy types destroy into his computer, <laughs> which sends a radio signal through the pin, making Judy's dad attempt to commit suicide by jumping out of the hospital window. I honestly thought destroy was going to make him like try to kill people. I yeah, it, I thought it was like a it's because it seems like a command that you're giving him exactly. destroy. Yeah, I guess like, he, he is like destroy yourself. I but guess that's but, so vague. Yeah, destroy yourself. <laughs> what does he What does he type in for robbing banks? <laughs> Acquire. 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 <laughs> Payroll. <laughs> Payroll. It is. He, he was in trouble for. He's a professor and he's in trouble for robbing the payroll. <laughs> Payroll. Acquire. Oh my God. Um, so. He should not have had time. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm. I'm. I'm skipping ahead a little bit. Come uh, on, man. Luckily, Judy's with Peter, and she sees her dad and screams. So Peter runs off, gets into costume, scales the side of the building, and rescues the guy. Like he should not have had time. No, to do no, this. no, absolutely not. God. Yeah, that guy would have killed himself a long time before Spider-Man got there. And he like he <laughs> yeah, just, he sits on the edge of the building for several minutes. He could have <laughs> just like pushed him back into the room and made sure he stayed there. Instead, he took him up to the roof. It's almost like he's saying. Because Peter Parker's a psychopath in this movie. Hey, excuse me. Hey, buddy. The window's not going to cut it. We need to get you up higher. That's what it looks like. It does. And then, after that, he's taken back to his uh, his room. Well, And he's not restrained in any way. This guy just tried to kill himself. Yeah, And like, they don't restrain him or put someone there to watch him or anything. The, and the guy, the bad guy is publicly <laughs> issuing these threats and telling people that he is mind controlling. And it's like the cops, Barbara just blatantly refuses to believe it yeah. at all. So, yeah, there's no precautions taken or anything. And it's it's very weird. Uh, but one also one of the cops says, hey, that's that's the Spider-Man, the one in the paper from the ground. And I was thinking, have those papers even been printed yet? Hey, don't you remember in Batman 1966 when Kitka got exactly. kidnapped and then... Two hours later, the papers were hot off the press. Well, it's, it's like <laughs> I was saying yeah. in this movie, the the time frame. Yeah, there's no sense of time for up. sure. <laughs> so uh, the cops run up to the roof where Spider-Man carries Judy's dad 
to safety, but Spider-Man scurries down the building before they get there. Sneezing the whole way down. Yeah. Yes. He spends he... this whole movie sneezing and talking about his allergy pills. And th- <laughs> there is no purpose for that at all. Oh, no, there is. Except oh. for that one scene. Yeah, it is. A, it becomes a weird plot they device. They wrote in a yeah. plot where he has bad allergies for <laughs> one meaningless little part. Yeah, one thing that doesn't even mean it. Yeah, it, it doesn't even make any impact on the plot. Yeah. It's so st- <laughs> It's like, why do, you, why do you want him sneezing throughout this movie? <laughs> yeah, I, th- I thought they were going to do something like more with it. And no. it just ended up being the most pointless, stupid thing. Yeah, I kept. I had to when I was rewatching it. I was th- I was looking for a reason for it. Great yeah. plot I was, device. I could not believe that was it. Great plot device. If they take it and like before he gets his powers, they demonstrate him like violently sneezing and stuff all the time. Yeah. And then when he gets bitten, the allergies are away. gone. I thought if anything, it was a side effect of that. Maybe. But yeah. I he mentions his allergies before he gets bitten. So yeah. it's yeah, it's stupid. Anyway, on the ground, Peter, out of costume now, runs over to Judy, and she tells him he missed everything and runs off, presumably to check on her dad. Peter's, Peter, you asshole. Peter's kind of bummed. At the Daily Bugle office, Peter is berated for not getting any pictures of Spider-Man and for not having any photos of the crime scene from earlier, and JJ tells him not to bring any more pictures. Uh, Judy shows up randomly, and, and Peter asks her for $46. He sucks at flirting. <laughs> yeah, this girl that he's been flirting with for like a number of hours. Well, he hey, asks hey, her for dad, $46. He's got a really bad wreck. He's and... a true blue psychopath. He only uses women for stuff he needs. So he just <laughs> saunters up and he goes, hey, baby, can I have $46? But he's finally able to pick up those condensers for his homemade transmitter. Thank God for that. <laughs> Which, weren't they only $30? No, they were 46 the... Were they? Yeah. yeah. Huh, never mind. Um, anyway, so he goes for a walk with Judy, who claims her father's innocent. Peter's wearing bell-bottoms in this scene, by, by the way. Oh, yes. Uh, Parachute full. Very tight <laughs> bell-bottoms. She asks him to go uh, with her to talk to her dad's like self-help guru, Mr. Byron, and he agrees. And they walk into the clinic? The office? I, I honestly, church? I don't know what you would call it thing yeah i i don't know is it a is it a cult is it a therapist's office i yeah, have, I have no idea uh, what to call this they prefer notes. that you call it the sea org oh yeah because this is a very very clear implication of scientology it really is. oh my god this dude gosh. looks it, like it, l ron Hubbard yeah down strict- to the guy looking exactly yeah. like and looking with, and dressing exactly like l with ron the Hubbard. fat lip that's like sticking out too far he's, and everything he's got a weird looking face yeah, yeah. Sure. Like, like this guy was born to play villains and he he oh is, absolutely he's the human movies. equivalent of eeyore from winnie the pooh <laughs> he just looks just like eeyore his yeah he looks that way no, he does not act that way. Um, and so this guy's name is Byron, and he calls a meeting to order, which they join. And he's clearly the villain because he's, like like we said, one of the strangest looking men I've ever seen. He he looks like a Dick Tracy mobster. Honestly. Oh, yeah, most definitely. That's what I was yeah. thinking the whole time. Yeah, they should have they should have cast him as a uh, 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 what is it Falcone. In the new, uh, in the if he was still around, which I don't know if he is, I, I assume not. He was. I but yeah, had he still he been around in the new Batman movies, he would have played a great Falcone. Because yeah, he he has that perfect, perfect. Hey Batman, <laughs> where you at, Batman? <laughs> <laughs> so elsewhere, Barbara is questioning Judy's dad, and it's getting him nowhere, and he's pissed, but he's always pissed. 
Byron's meeting is held in what is made to made up to look like a small church. It's complete with pews and a pulpit, and he dishes some pretty vague and slightly negative self-help mumbo-jumbo. And then he begins the next phase of the meeting after a while, and Peter and Judy have to leave for that because they're not full members yet. Uh, Judy is immediately enamored with Byron's teachings, but Peter doesn't buy it, and she drops him off at the university and leaves him kind of coldly because he's just he doesn't buy into it as immediately and quickly as she does. Which, she was... Everything is so immediate with her character, like... Peter yeah. talks to her once and immediately she showed up at his work to like hang out with him and stuff. And then she goes to see this health help guru and Peter's not into it. So she just she casts gets mad him aside at Peter for not being into her father's self-help guru lady. Your dad almost tried to almost killed himself. He tried to commit suicide. Maybe the guru is not doing a good job. Yeah. Anyway, um, I don't kind of I don't really blame her for casting Peter aside because he's been making all the wrong moves and saying all the wrong things since they met. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, he should be cast aside. Yes, quickly. He should be cast into a furnace. Yeah, forever. he is a Boy Scout crazy creep uh, who needs forty six dollars. <laughs> no, no, if any of those things sounded appealing to you, you should take some time to focus on yourself. Yes. <laughs> Uh, maybe go see a self-help guru. <laughs> yeah. Uh, up in the university lab, Peter is surrounded by chemicals and has just finished fashioning a web shooter. Apparently, you have to borrow $46 for your transmitter parts, but you have no problem getting a hold of parts for a web shooter. <laughs> you know, that thing that's never been invented before. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and his cartridges, which are just like little gray rectangles, don't even connect to like the dispenser. They're just Velcroed on. <laughs> they really are. It even shows him stick yeah. it on there and then push it down yeah. to make sure it's stuck. Yeah, whenever he rips it off, you I don't know if it was a sound design thing or what, but I heard a very faint... <laughs> this is the um, stupidest thing well the design is pretty simple but it's very comics accurate in its look yeah i mean um, it I looks mean, what's the things attached accurate. to it yeah i like it yeah i think i, I think the this device the few things that i like i think this. the device itself looks fine uh really yeah my only big issue is the fact that i heard the velcro detach from the, yes. the web cartridges man the production values of this movie i don't i like the way it looks but i don't like them showing me it like being assembled because it points out just how it can't work because the cartridge is not attached to the dispenser in any way that's fair so he goes to a park that could not be found in new york city and he tests his webs (laughs) they're able to support his body weight enough for him to swing around a tree and he's (laughs) smiling and looks like he's having fun you say webs, yeah. I say that's just rope, baby. It, admittedly, these are my favorite type of scenes in superhero movies. Watching the hero discovering how to use their powers yeah, for sure. and yeah, their yeah. tech and enjoying Absolutely. them. How but. many times a day do we sit around and go, up, up, and away, web? Yeah, that's... Ah! <laughs> All that stuff. But, yeah, I think I think that was what was weird about this for me is that in in most other superhero movies like there's a big display of his powers and he's like oh man i can do this now and he looks just like overjoyed and in this he attaches a rope to a tree branch and then swings an inch from the t- from the ground and has this childlike glee with those same crazy eyes it <laughs> higher daddy higher I will, I will say like <laughs> that glee goes a long way uh in some of these movies that are a little bit more drab anyway uh, it's freaking it's bad though it, it's it looks really bad so bad yeah um 
So at home, Peter is working on his transmitter while a radio news report exposits some info about the bad guy's $50 million mind control extortion plot. And the transmitter starts picking up a weird signal as Byron's followers are mind controlled by strobe lights uh, back in his little church. Later, his spider sense kicks in while he's doing homework and he heads out to investigate the source of the signal. Why this never worked before, I don't know. (laughs) It's like suddenly Byron's activating the signal and Peter's spider sense is going off. Yeah, even though even though he's he had to have set the signal off since he got spider sense. Yes, because people have killed themselves since then. Or, yeah, so that's or what I was talking to. about yeah. earlier. That his spider sense makes no sense. Maybe he was just never listening to the radio at the same time, and it was like some crazy juxtaposition but thing. It's later. He's doing homework after he's been messing with his transmitter, and I was like, "Is this just supposed to be him?" putting the pieces together and going out and like tracking the transmitting signal or is it because i think it's the same sound effect as his spider sense um yeah the spider sense i I forgot to mention the spider sense has a stupid stupid sound effect that sounds like a radio going out of signal and also kind of a record scratch yeah and it's really stupid it's Uh, all stupid this whole just If you if you have to go to work or something and you don't want to listen to the rest of this, it's stupid. It's the, the casting is stupid. The end. Leave with <laughs> that. Uh, Peter scales a building, and these effects are just the worst. Oh my god! Stop oh yes, looking this is through the, your legs. This is my best. This is my best. This is my favorite favorite climbing scene. Uh, mostly because it lasts a couple of minutes and, and every three and seconds accomplishes nothing. He, yeah. Nothing. Yeah. He just stops and he goes. He looks around and he's like, "Hey, does anyone see <laughs> he me?" He crawls around in circles and looks look through his legs. legs. Yeah, <laughs> and then when he gets to the top, in the air. when he gets to the top, suddenly he has a device in his hand yeah. that's tracking the signal. What? The but hell? he drops it because he sneezes. Yeah, and that is the only reason Peter has allergies affecting him all throughout this movie, which is hilarious because uh, so Peter is tracking this signal. Uh, with that device he drops the device it clearly breaks because he i don't know messes with the antenna or something and is like oh this is broken and just throws it back down on the ground uh and then has no trouble getting to where he needs to go anyway so yeah, it's like he's, <laughs> he's a building away from it and... yeah he, yeah he doesn't look he doesn't, really doesn't look around much for it or anything he's just like oh well thankfully i already knew that's where it was yeah so uh stupid movie cue more terrible effects as he descends down the side of the building and um, inside, Byron re- releases his patients while pe- while over my tongue over here. Inside, Byron releases his patients while Spider-Man finds a window to sneak in from the side of the building. Once inside, he encounters three racist Asian stereotypes wearing black geese with symbols on the back matching the symbols on the metal pins of Byron's victims, oh swinging bamboo God. staffs at him. Uh, and he just straight up runs away from them into the hallway but they chase him down and so he has to fight them off by jumping on the ceiling and the walls and eventually webbing them up webbing them up or throwing halloween cobwebs at them (laughs) yeah throwing halloween cobwebs at them. yeah it's like whenever he shoots this this webbing it's like a net at them and he shoots it at them to capture them and 
not only does it not clearly not come from his wrist, it's clearly like blown up by like an air by air pressure from like bo- somewhere <laughs> below his arm. But also, yeah, it covers them in a Halloween decoration. Uh, th- this this not fight scene. Not even a good one. Oh, 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 and I forgot to mention. So whenever he's crawling on the ceiling, yes. there is clearly you a could... groove in the ceiling where his cable is attached. Yes. And he stays right perfectly along that. that straight line. <laughs> and then he does, it's like he jumps onto the wall to kick them from the wall or something. <laughs> And it serves no purpose in the fight at it's all. So and bad. it's so slow moving and poorly choreographed that it's just like a useless display of powers when you don't have good technology to display his powers anyway. Yeah. I think I think I could I would have been more satisfied with the effects in this if it was just that Peter Parker was also telepathic and could lift himself to places because that's exactly pretty much what it looks like he does the entire time. They also try to speed up the footage a little bit. <laughs> oh, when he's yeah, I saw him. I noticed that. So we've got sped up footage, uh which they just give cables, up on. like wire work that's really obvious and like super imposition all within just a minute or so yeah. in yeah. this movie. Yeah, it's if so somebody bad. if somebody wanted to write a book called Special Effects of the 1970s, they could watch this scene and they would have enough material to write a couple volumes. It's yes. it's pretty bad. So the bad guys break free, but he escapes out the window he came in. And um this is the first fight scene in the movie too, and yeah. it's an hour in. Spider-Man fights allergies more than he fights bad guys in this movie. <laughs> Except uh, when he forgets to take his pill, apparently. Mm-hmm. I hate this movie. So he crawls to the roof, but the three masters of the bamboo appear again. And after knocking them around for a little, he shoots some web, waves goodbye, and swings away to the neighborhood neighboring building. Did you just call them the masters of the bamboo? Yeah. <laughs> <Nobody> <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> Ren, Ren was dreaming one night about being one of those black gi-wearing kendo masters, and he thought, if I was one, I'd rename us the Masters of the Bamboo. It sounds like, like a Chinese sex pun. I was trying to come up with the most like stupidly stereotypical sounding name for them, because that's what they are. Good job. You nailed it. That's horrifying. Elsewhere, one of Byron's female <clears throat> patients is robbing another bank, and we're treated to another great shot of her. Oh, she like, walking out of the bank with a gas mask and a gun. Oh briefcase. yeah, yeah, it looks great. It looks fine. The music is obnoxious. <laughs> yeah. Oh. That... Boom, chicka, boom, 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 no, no this what's, is like what's the... that? What's that theme? Uh, I don't remember. I don't remember how it goes, but it plays a few times. And it... this is just like shrill sounding. Oh, like, that's right. Showing that they're being mind controlled thing. I do kind of like when the the Spider Man theme first kicks up. The funky it's got a lot one. Of, it's got a lot of percussion just oh, at yeah. first, where it's like like, and then it starts going, and it's just stupid. Yeah, and beyond it, that, and I think they recorded a 15 second sample of this of the theme, and then looped it throughout the entire movie because it's the exact same little bit that you uh, hear over and over, over and over and over. It just doesn't stop when you're not listening to shrill electronic noises from Spider Sin or Mind <laughs> Control. It's stupid. It's that stupid theme. Music. Yeah, always. I hate this movie. Um. She has no getaway driver, but she drives herself to an alleyway and wrecks. Why do they need a getaway driver for the first robbery? I don't know. To demonstrate that more than one person is I guess under control so. at like, a time, I guess. Two respectable people makes it a little bit more believable that you're mind-controlling 
like to get I, your point across a little better. I guess two respectable people that are strangers. Yes, as a matter that's of that's true. But that's I mean that is a good way to rationalize it. But what's more likely is they wrote down two people and then later on they were like, they wrote down one person and they were like, oh well, well well, <laughs> who cares? Yeah, well, the script, TV. The script called for two people, but they didn't have it in the budget. <laughs> um. She drives herself to an alleyway and she wrecks. Cut to Barbara, still confused about the case. Peter's called to his office, uh, wearing the biggest tie I've ever seen. Oh man! <laughs> and Barbara tells him that he wants to question Spider Man. Oh my God! This is basically just establishing that Barbara knows something's up with Peter. He just hasn't figured it out. Yeah, yet. He's, he's saying like, "Hey, well, you were at the scene of this crime, and then you were at the scene of this crime." Yeah. Little off yeah. topic though. I remember the name of the unsolved mysteries guy, Dennis Farina. That's who should play the cop in this movie. Dennis Farina. As yeah. I waited with bated breath for that information. <laughs> it just came to me, oh, man. Dennis Farina, thank God. Now my heart can be at rest. His heart's at rest because he died. Show some respect. Oh. oh. Yeah. Well, back at Byron's, Peter goes to investigate out of costume and encounters Byron, who gives Peter one of his little pins. And then uh, the bad After- guy leaves and activates the pin using it to convince Peter to commit suicide on Friday with the other people. Well, I mean, during that whole sequence, he like gets thrown into the mind control room with the weird lights and music and everything. Yeah. Yeah. He has super strength. He was just bragging to JJ about how he's a thousand times stronger than any other man. Mind you, I, actually, he never once demonstrates super strength throughout this. He does. He's like does Wonder he? Woman. Just the one scene where the guy, uh, Judy's dad, is trapped. Oh, in his oh, oh I guess so. I was going to say, maybe he's just lying about it the whole time. Maybe he hoped he did, and then <laughs> turned out he didn't. <laughs> so, um, yeah, he wants Peter to commit suicide on Friday with the other group of ten people. By jumping off the Empire State Building, uh, just him. The rest of them are supposed to jump off of other famous landmarks around New York. <laughs> but, um, and that's pretty much it. He imprints that on Peter. And then later, Peter has some soup with Aunt May and heads back to Byron's. And this scene is totally unnecessary. Like, I don't know, him just having soup with her. I remember after watching it thinking, why did they even throw that in there? <laughs> this whole movie is unnecessary. Yeah, this movie could have been five or ten minutes long. I don't know if I've said this at all <laughs> yes. yet, but I hate this movie. Oh, it you've, was, you've it's said so it. bad. You're now on like time ten. In okay, fact, that good. You've said well, that quietly people need to, the I, I hate it so much. I've never, I've never watched this before. <laughs> like even comic book fans, I don't think will seek this out. And so, but I can clearly say now that it is a bad movie and you should not watch it oh no, certainly it. no <laughs> so he goes back as spider-man and narrowly escapes the bamboo guys again the masters of the bamboo if you will <laughs> i don't want to <laughs> and he tries to take a taxi when leaving he he like narrowly escapes and he gets injured because they what do they do oh they use a a flamethrower flame <laughs> yeah. to destroy his These like kung fu guys pull out a flamethrower and burn his webbing as he's trying to escape again. Were they hiding the flamethrower under the gi? They maybe. literally repeated the same like fight except ended it with him not getting away. They they burn his webbing and he falls. Maybe they like saw him the first time and they saw that he had webs and so they have this whole weapon room full of all kinds of stuff, and they were like, oh, okay, this makes more sense now. The masters yeah. of the bamboo are about to light shit up. <laughs> Shades. Um, 
But it's such a pointless, repeated thing. I anyway, it. he he uh, tries to get a taxi, but the driver refuses to give him a ride, so he catches a ride in a dump truck. He doesn't even, like, it's not like the ri- the driver just refuses. He's like, hey, can I have a taxi? And the driver, like, is a cool black dude and flicks his cigarette out and goes, nah, sucker, and then just drives off. That is a lot more racist than what the movie does you with over character. you overshot the racism of 1977 congratulations <laughs> you you laid, you laid it on yourself. you laid it on too thick for 1977 i'm not racist i was just trying to convey <laughs> to people the kind of vibe that the yeah. character gives off i get it yeah, yeah you guys leave me alone he says i'm not taking any spider-man today or something and he drives <laughs> off he is a racist, though. So, um, and then he hops up, catches a ride in a dump truck. Like, <laughs> how do you know where it's going? As, uh, yeah. How is that your very next best option? I know. Maybe it, just, it was so just supposed questions. to look pathetic. Like, he's cradling it his is. arm in the back of a dump truck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, come Friday, Byron anxiously awaits his ransom money, and Peter figures out how to block the radio signal. Unfortunately, as he's on his way to deliver the information for how to block it to Barbara, Byron activates his machine. Peter, along with several others, prepare to commit suicide by jumping off of high places. Uh, oh Byron, my God! What? This is the scene where Peter he starts to climb up. Yeah. And oh. Yeah. Damn it. Yep. He doesn't. Byron doesn't get his money, and Fedora guy and the other crony of Byron's are arrested by Barbara. Angrily, Byron commands Peter to jump through his uh, computer, but the metal pin on Peter's jacket gets like hooked on the top of the gate or the the fence that keeps people from jumping off the top of the Empire State Building. <laughs> oh my God. And so it's like the hero doesn't do anything heroic to get himself out of the situation. It just it's by falls sheer off. chance. Yeah. yeah, this pin gets hooked. Yeah, Peter. Peter does very few heroic things during this movie. And. Apparently the pins only work when they're attached to your jacket. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's to... where that's where the center of the heart is, is the jacket, the yeah, lapel. Right there. <laughs> it's that's... like it's like in the Avengers Loki not being able to uh mind control Tony Stark because he's got a metal thing in his chest. Well, because it can't make fi- it's not able to make physical contact with his skin. The Avengers holds up. Well, uh, show touch some respect. His forehead, yeah, touch then. touch the the rest of his skin. He's got to get to his heart, and he, it's got to rest right over his heart, and it can't do that. It has to make skin-to-skin contact, and it can't because right over his heart is an arc reactor. Avengers holds Your up. Your heart does not control you. It's not, like I get the sentiment of your heart controlling. But we know that that's not true. Yeah. <laughs> I will punch both of you in the heads. Hey, maybe if Loki had touched the staff to his head, then that movie would make more sense. I will kill you. Wait, what? Why couldn't he just be wearing the armor? That would have made. That would. Who have cares? Been, who okay, cares? Just saying. We're it not been watching better. Avengers right now. We're talking about Spider-Man. But I'm so, gonna bring that up later on. You don't forget it. I'm sure. Not wasting will. any time. Spider-Man swings into action, wearing a belt now for some reason with his uh, web cartridges. Which, <laughs> yeah, I'm not mad about the utility belt because that's pretty comic booky for the time. But if he's gonna have it, have it the whole movie. Yeah, it's. Has he, and he's dressed up as Spider-Man in between inventing his web shooter 
and putting like and yeah. this scene so why why is this the only scene where yeah he wears i think it? i'd be much happier with the utility belt if it didn't look like a stormtrooper belt but yes, yeah it does look exactly <laughs> like a stormtrooper belt yeah it's like every time he every time i saw him i was picturing han solo running down the hall of the death star screaming <laughs> waving the blaster in his hand because that's exactly what it looks oh. like makes me want to watch star wars now <laughs> i always want to watch star wars yes. i hear that so he destroys the satellite dishes with his webs that's been sending out the signal, and that reverses the microwaves and frees everyone from their mind control state just before they all commit suicide. So he saves the day. Uh, entering Byron's building, he again encounters the three Asian stereotypes. The masters of bamboo. Yes. Now, were they mind controlled? <laughs> yes. Okay. Because uh, he tells them, easy fellas, I destroyed the radar or whatever, and they all just like smile at him and stop yeah. and even like enter the code yeah. to get into Byron. Yeah, they Which, unlock the door for him. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah. So that's actually, that comes up again later, believe it or not. Remember, he makes friends with the bamboo people. Oh, yes. Remember, remember <laughs> the this. The bamboo people? Oh, oh God. <laughs> I, I meant, I, I just couldn't remember the other just, word. That is the that most racism. horrible slur for I Chinese people I've ever heard. I didn't mean they were just Bamboo people. Them god darn bamboo people. Oh my god. <laughs> Jesus anyway. Christ. Holy uh, shit. Oh, wow. Apparently, reversing Whoops. the microwaves also reversed the effect onto Byron, who Spider-Man is now able to influence. And he tells him to go to the police station and confess his crimes. Very Boy Scoutish. Yes. And Scouts he does so. It. And at the station, JJ happens to be there, too. It's like they need all the characters to meet up in the same place to yeah. bring it in this stupid thing. Uh, and JJ congratulates Barbara on a job well done, as if he did anything other than, like, <laughs> just arrest the guys yeah, instead other, of paying them the ransom other than money. smoke and talk very, very fast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then they pose for a photographer, who I'm assuming works for the paper, but I'm not sure it's JJ's paper, so I don't know why he would allow this. Like some guy just runs up randomly with a with a camera taking photos of him. <laughs> maybe he was maybe like J. Jonah Jameson came in the car and he made that guy just run really fast behind the car. <laughs> so they actually left at the same time from the bugle office. <laughs> I could buy that. That would make sense for his character. Yeah, exactly. Um, dance, monkey, dance. <laughs> so Peter just happens to be there too, and Judy shows up and they make amends and Peter gives JJ some photos of Spider Man. Posing with the Asian guys. Oh my gosh. They're like, yeah, it looks like a family photo. There are several of them. It looks like a, a photo you would take at a comic convention with someone dressed <laughs> yeah. as Spider-Man. Like, yeah. They just got their arms around him and they're smiling. And JJ's acting like this is just fantastic. And he doesn't know how Peter <laughs> yeah. got these photos. Yeah, he looks up at Peter Parker like, these are terrific. It's like, no. This actor oh. has to act harder than he's ever acted in his <laughs> this, life. This is the dumbest line in the whole movie because JJ goes, why is it that only you can take pictures of him? And Peter Parker acting like Spider-Man is <laughs> Santa Claus looks at him and says, well, maybe it's just because I believe. Yeah. Simple. Uh, Credits. Credits. That is, that's the finishing line, and it makes no sense. <laughs> because How are you able I believe to get these? in this guy that's clearly real. <laughs> yeah. Thank Simple, God, though. 
we're done talking about the actual plot of this piece of shit. Now yeah, we get my, to tear this movie to shreds. My eyes <laughs> roll into the back of my head as Peter takes Judy's hand and they walk away together. That was, foaming yeah, at my mouth has increased. Yeah. I, I'm shaking. Yeah, if, this, if my suspension of disbelief hadn't been just torn to pieces by this time in this movie, whenever he said, because I believe... It was time for me to just vomit every bit of information Ugh. out of my head. It's so stupid. Um, as for the for people who've been listening, I usually like to give out a Danny Award, is what I call it. Uh, it's named after my stepdad, and it's basically just any character, any sort of like side character who's not prominently featured in the movies that we watch that kind of is a scene stealer. Uh, that's usually that's the type of person that's that's what the award is for uh but there's no danny for this movie Who'da, nobody who do we give it to with the, the donkey for one no Woman. for with the first movie uh I can't it was remember. bluebeard oh that's right yeah. oh because of that look on his yeah. face <laughs> i thought like nobody in this movie the little bit characters and stuff that come in they just maybe the taxi driver but yeah, maybe i was just or i guess maybe maybe robbie because he's not He's not exposited on that much. No, and okay. not Robbie. So I'm gonna go ahead and make a guess as to Ren's worst character now. <laughs> so let's go with, uh, yeah, let's do our worst performances. Mine goes to Hilly Hicks, who plays Robbie Robertson. I'm, well, apparently, he does an absolutely terrible job of acting in this movie. At one point, Peter goes, "What could the bad guy possibly want?" And Robbie responds, "Money." <laughs> like. But he's saying it as a statement, and it just is the worst delivered line I've heard in a long time. And after that, it's all like, oh, come on, JJ. Why don't you let Peter go and do it? He does sound pretty cute, Cardi, I got to say. He does. Yeah. He sounds like he's either in a one-act play in high school or... (laughs) But, like, the second week of a one-act play where you're, like, you tape the lines to the back of the scenery so that you can look at him while you're on stage. Yeah. But, and mind you, he sounds Hugh Cardi in a movie of people who sound Hugh Cardi. Yeah. Yeah. Because nobody nobody delivers well. Well, I mean, consistently. (laughs) Again, everything about this movie is really bad. Yeah. Uh, Who's your worst performance? Uh, My worst performance goes to Captain... Oh, what's his last name? It's Michael Bar- Barbera. Pataki is yeah. the the actor. Yeah, but Captain Barbera. There you go. Thank you. Yes. Um, I thought like everybody, everybody in this movie does a bad job, straight up. Um, but I thought that in particular, he uh, it was like he was trying to act like a vaudeville guy. Like, he was just very like, oh, no, look at me. Well, look at me do this. Well, look at me do this. But now I'm going to talk like this. And now I'm happy. No, I'm sad. No, I'm mad. Hey, kid. Yeah. And then, oh, my God. And then he was, yoke- he was like, yelling all the time. Yeah. And then I maybe this biased me a little bit. But at one point, he pulled the cigar out of his mouth. And it was clearly soaking wet halfway down the cigar. Ugh. And it grossed me out so bad that I just couldn't stand his character I for the rest of the movie. Apparently, uh, Stan Lee really did not like this series and butted heads with them because he wanted them to take it a little bit more seriously, <laughs> which I totally get why they didn't because it's a comic book character and it was the 70s. They didn't really know how to market something like this. Yeah, and yeah, so yeah. That's why there's no death of Uncle Ben and Peter's just like this yeah. all-American good kid and, and you have characters like this that do overact and 
they're basically like they're playing a character on a kid's show. Yeah. But it's yeah, it's painful. Yeah, to watch everybody a lot is of it. everybody is overacting to the extreme. Yeah. What Cookie. about you, Christian? I uh She's only in a couple of scenes, okay. but those couple okay. of scenes it, it's yeah, it's Jeff Donnell as Aunt May. She I thought was so horrendous. I thought she was more cue cardy than uh uh, Holly Hicks or Hilly Hicks or Hilly Hicks. Hilly, yeah, Hilly. Although Hicks. my phone kept correcting it to Holly. <laughs> <laughs> I thought he or not he. Well, Jeff. I thought <laughs> I thought Jeff. Jeff. Decide for yourself, I, guys. <laughs> I thought Jeff was so bad as Aunt May, which is the weirdest sentence I've ever said. Yes. And it's, I had to give it. I mean, nobody was good in this movie. But she was by far the worst for me. I don't I don't blame you at all for that. Cool. I thought she was very bad. Um, my best performance, I'm sorry to say, Jacob, goes to oh, God. Michael Pataki. No! Pataki. Really? I think that he was the only one who really brought a whole lot of charisma to his part. Mm. And I kept thinking every time he was on screen, this guy would have been a perfect JJ. And he's really selling this type of character. Yeah, um, I guess. As, like he's doing his best, and that is—that's all I expect out of anyone who's stuck in a pile of crap like this. His best was not good enough for me. <laughs> no, it wasn't. Who was your favorite? Uh, my favorite uh, was—I—I uh, I did not manage to look up the name of this actor, but uh, Edward Byron uh, was my favorite. I just—I I don't know. I thought that the guy had good experience. Or Byron is yeah Byron the the character, the bad guy yeah the bad guy. It's um, uh, Thayer David is the man. The that's even an name. ugly name. Thayer yeah yeah. That's <laughs> T H A Y E R. My name's Thayer David. That is an ugly name. I make movies and my uh, lips huge. Anyway, he uh, I, I don't know. I thought that he did like the like seemingly benevolent villain. I, I don't know. I liked the way that he played it. And I thought that like him delivering the, uh, I thought that him delivering the lines about like, uh, you know, uh, your lives don't matter. You will, you'll never achieve what you want to achieve because you'll never be happy because you try to be happy and things. Yeah. Uh, I thought that he, he delivered those in a suitably evil way. And that's pretty much all the credit I can give anybody. <laughs> he's a good villain. Yeah. I think he's a fine villain. And he was the, I think that he, had he been in a different movie, I think he would have been all right. He would have been perfect in a Bond movie or oh like Dick yeah, Tracy, oh, a, a Bond whatever. movie especially. Yeah, he what should specialize you, in that. Christian, who's uh, your favorite? I don't want to tell you guys because you're gonna disagree with me. Who was it? I gave it to Nicholas Hammond, as oh. Spider Man, only uh, because I don't. You think were right. You've seen uh, any other performance for Spider-Man, correct? You've seen any other performance yes. in movies, I you? just Don't get me wrong. I don't think he did a good job. Nope. I just think <laughs> with the with the material he was given, I think he did the best he could. I mean, that's kind of... that's That seems to be our reasoning behind yeah. all yeah. of our best performances. <laughs> He's the one I you hated did. the least. At yeah. the so. core of it is just... That same thing we've been saying that this is just a bad movie. Yeah, and 
nobody's really looking good in it. Yeah, this a lot of times with the first two movies we did, I enjoyed watching them just like for hilarity's sake, and I straight up did not enjoy watching yeah. this movie. I no. was I was ready. It to... was a chore to get through. Yeah, and, yeah, then, it was, and then I kept pausing it today watching it just because I could not keep watching. Yeah, it was so bad. Uh, and I actually had to watch it twice um, because Christian. Um, didn't watch the movie before, or while all the rest of us were watching the movie. So he came yeah. over to my house and watched it, and I had to sit on my couch and watch this entire movie again. And now you get yeah. to do a podcast about yeah, it. Yeah, and now I've talked about it for an hour and 20 minutes. Good Lord. Um, uh, we're also... Let's see. Uh, let's let's do our add a character. Wait, well, what's oh. the drinking game? Oh, oh that's yes, right. I've got that yes. in here. Uh, drink every time Peter sneezes. Yeah. Uh, drink every time they show a wrecked car. Yes. Or a car wrecking. Um, and then drink every time Peter or Spider-Man climbs a wall. You are going to um, get destroyed. Yeah. Can we are going to give people alcohol poison. Can I add in? It's going to be long periods of not drinking. And then suddenly <laughs> you drink over and over. A beer or two. Can I, yeah. Can I add in one? Uh, sure. You finish your beer anytime Peter looks through his legs back at the camera while climbing oh, on the Lord. wall. Every time <laughs> finish scene, your beer, yeah, finish your beer. Every time what the Spider-Man several times he, in the same minute, he certainly does. <laughs> Every time the Spider-Man this is theme a, plays, this, you take a drink. I think this is a drinking the theme game. Plays? Yeah, because it plays over and over. That's just constant drinking throughout the whole thing. Like, you need to be constantly drinking to get through this movie. That's, that's true. You need so to pass true. out before this movie is over. If so I wasn't true. making this podcast i would have turned it off 10 minutes in okay so let's do it add a character all right i'll go first since i've been going first uh, <laughs> mine is venom uh and again okay. like the the confines of this are we we add a character from the comic books and it can be from any era of the comic book it doesn't have to have existed at the time the movie was made um anyway yeah i chose venom Specifically because this movie's special effects and everything are so bad, I would love to see like, like how, how they bad did Venom. Would get where they just Venom. have black cobwebs coming off of his oh body. Oh my gosh, it would look it would look terrible. They just have a guy who just and got motor oil poured over him. If there's one thing that I love more than like Tar. movies that they get right, it's movies that they get terribly, terribly wrong. Yeah. And a character like that in a terribly wrong movie would just be amazing i am cool with that for sure yeah i dig it um so were i going to add a character this is the moment of truth christian do 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 jacob and i may have the exact same character. yeah we we kind of teased it to each other a little bit before and i'm definitely thinking we have the same character based on the fact that christian has been looking at me during certain things throughout the podcast um i rather than adding a character like separately i would substitute i would i would substitute uh, Byron with Mysterio. Oh no! <laughs> I would substitute Byron with Mysterio because it makes so much sense. Mysterio is a master hypnotist. Yeah. He already does all of this stuff. Is this yours? Yeah! <laughs> it, I wrote literally, I have written down in my notes include a character. Quentin Beck slash Mysterio. Oh man. It just Whoa. it makes too much sense, right? Right? Yeah. It's it's true to the source material. It introduces a comic book villain in the in the pilot, which, which is what you want to do. In this entire series. Yeah, which yeah. is stupid. Yeah, wow, it we is really stupid. you and I kinda 
We cut down some time by having the same character. That is not who I thought you were going to choose at all because you said you wanted to replace a character and I knew that one you hated the most was Captain Barbera. Yeah. So I thought you were going to say Gwen Stacy's Captain Stacy. Captain Stacy. Just like put in another comic book character and take out an unnecessary one. No, you know, I became really conscious of the fact through how like halfway through that there were no comic book villains <laughs> in this movie and I was confident there none were going to show up. But yeah, I would <laughs> so, much prefer well, Mysterio. Well, because I knew... Yeah, I, Captain I, yeah, absolutely. I had seen this movie once before when I was really... Li- I was like four or five. Really? Yeah, my dad rented it from Hastings and he didn't want to watch it because he saw it when he was growing up. He was about 10 when it came out. And so he just Were went you being punished? No. Huh. I just really wanted to watch it. It was Spider-Man, <laughs> man. I was four or five. I don't think the Raimi movie had come out yet. No, probably not. And so, yeah, I watched it. And I all I remembered was that none of the bad guys were in the movie. And so my original included character was every any bad guy, any <laughs> single one of them, until I actually watched the movie and saw the plot and everything. And Mysterio as Byron was the clear choice, right? Yeah, absolutely. I feel, it just made too much sense to me. Let's do some recast. All right. Uh, let's see. I'm going to start with least important, I guess. Uh, right. For Judy, I chose... It's an actress named Jama Mays. She oh, was in uh, Glee. Man. Yeah. She's yeah. like the really doe-eyed, okay. red-headed woman. Yeah, I know who Jama Mays is. She just looks a lot like... Yeah, and she's adorable. That Yeah, she... she she is adorable, She's and that's all Judy really needs yeah. to be. Uh, for Byron, I chose Jeffrey Tambor. Oh, oh that's good man. because they both pop are very pop wants some mind control. <laughs> 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 they are both very strange looking men, and uh, who doesn't love Jeffrey Tambor? That's true. Idiots. Uh, for Captain Barbera, I went with Nick Nolte. <laughs> Because that is the only person I could think of with a voice that would. That would that just character. be like, oh, listen, you can't, you can't do that. That is a terrible Nick Nolte. Was that? Was that? That sounded like Stitch. From Nick Nolte. Oh man, I don't even. That know was try. terrible. That just sounds like I'm that sounded to like Chad jump. Kroger. Yeah, <laughs> that sounded how I assume he Look talks at to this. this photograph. <laughs> None of us know what Nick Nolte sounds like anymore. Uh, I hope Nick Nolte listens to our show sometime. <laughs> I do too. <laughs> oh. um, Thanks for that. Sorry. And then I went with Jeffrey DeMunn as J. Jonah Jameson. I think that's how you pronounce the, the actor's name. He was in uh, the first season of The Walking Dead and a little bit of the second season. I've never as, seen The Walking Dead. Oh, man. So. Uh, he's also in Shawshank Redemption, Green Mile. Mm. Um, he plays in a lot of the Frank Darabont stuff. Is he uh, okay. is he the young guy in Shawshank that uh, Andy Dufresne helps like pass a test or something? No. Oh no. Uh, he is. He's not. He's the, the old guy dude. that's convicting him at the very beginning. The, oh. the lawyer. Oh okay. Okay. Yeah, I know who you're now, talking isn't about. Isn't that coincidental? That guy. Anyway, yeah. I just think he looks a lot like the actor that they had for J. Jonah Jameson. Wait, okay. what was it? What was his name? Jeffrey Demun. Jeffrey Demun. It's yeah. okay. I was just I was I was making sure of something, but we'll get we'll get to it in a minute. Okay, okay. continue. Um, and finally, for Peter Parker Spider Man, I went with Adam Scott because well, the only way I could see them remaking this movie like in modern times would be to come at it from a very tongue in cheek point yeah. of view, 
and uh, Nicholas Hammond looks like he's about 40, and Adam Scott <laughs> is about 40 years old. And uh, I do like Adam Scott. He's got a very like boyish kind yeah. of look to yeah. him, even though he's a man. So I think he would be a, a good, very tongue-in-cheek lead. Okay. Jacob? I'm good with that. Um, okay. So uh, I'm also going to start with least important, which we this is the second week in a row we've begun. Uh, actually, this is the third time in a row. Uh, that we've begun least important recasting with like one of the only women in the movie. Folks, I hope you know, this is not us doing this on purpose. This is the way shows and movies are written. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, so yeah. Hey. We, they, they do not write good women characters. I think it sucks. Last uh, especially episode, now. Last episode, though, the most important character was a woman. Yeah, but you know what? I, I'm just saying. It's but a sign of the times. The woman that, who was objectified throughout yeah. the entire movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I just, I just want to communicate. We don't think that this person isn't important. We just, these people, apparently nobody did. And so. These characters yeah. aren't important. It's yeah, these not, characters aren't important to It's unfortunate, yeah. but it's the world um, we live in. It is what it is. So anyway, I'm going to get started with Judy. Um, yeah. And I went ahead with uh, Amber Heard of uh, Friday Night Lights fame. The like blonde, like the typical blonde bombshell oh, was looking. She, was she in the movie? Yes, yeah, in the movie, okay. in the movie, not in the, the show. Not in the, the show. show, it's Adrian Palicki. I, yeah. so I was confused. No, I feel no, like in the, the TV show uh, eclipsed the movie. Yeah, a little bit that's by a lot. The but, TV show. Uh, so well, I feel much like better. Amber Heard's fame has been a, eclipsed for years now. So by yeah. her by, divorce by, from Johnny Depp. <laughs> but uh, I think really because the character of Judy requires you to be, it requires you to have a sweet, cute face. And she, I think the Amber Heard in particular has kind of, she has the potential to look like that 70s blonde bombshell kind of look. And so I thought For she sure. was totally appropriate. Mm, okay. Um, but because uh, they didn't have anything else to say about that character, I really don't have anything else to elaborate on it either. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Um, okay, so moving on. Um, I went ahead for uh, the role of Byron. I uh, picked Tim Robbins. Ooh. Of Shawshank Redemption played Andy Dufresne. You ain't got to tell me who Tim Robbins is, boy. I'm not. Well, is this podcast for you? I like to think so. <laughs> I like to think uh, it's yeah, just so, for me. So uh, Andy Dufresne in, in Shawshank Redemption. I think that Tim Robbins, he's got some pretty intense looking eyes, but he still is able to do like a kind of a friendly, like I'm here to help kind of yeah. face. And so, I don't know. I, I thought that that was perfect for the role of a cult leader. And not to He's mention... He's got a weird mouth, too. Not the yeah. He does have a weird mouth. I was mouth. thinking yeah. it's kind of a very relaxed He doesn't have mouth. the same yeah. kind of weird mouth as uh, What's-His-Face does. The Byron. guy who played Edward uh, Byron. Oh, but Thayer. Thayer, whatever. Yeah. But they both have weird mouths. Um, okay, so for uh, 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 Captain Barbera, uh, this one is a little weirder. Um, I went with Vince Vaughn, um, and I yeah I know, and I went. No, I could totally. See and that. yeah, I went with Vince Vaughn oh, because too. because yeah, Barbera he does the switch back and forth between like good cop bad cop all within himself within seconds of each other. Yeah. And Vince Vaughn is he is good at doing that at like ah ha ha this is all a joke and then he just like deadpans out real seriously and it's always funny and I think that he, I mean he's he a little more spends su- a lot of time like barking orders on screen yeah so it seems yeah like even if yeah in a friendly way so. yeah he's he's a little more subdued I think than uh this oh, this cocaine fueled sure. guy <laughs> was but I think I think that he still I think he did fine or I think he would do fine rather um <laughs> who do you have for JJ <laughs> Uh, so for J. Jonah Jameson, um, I wanted to take a moment 
and tell everybody that there is no better J. Jonah Jameson in this world than J.K. Simmons. You're damn right. We all know it. Amen. There is no better J. Jonah Jameson. That man was, Nor will there ever be. Yeah, that, no. born, that man was born to play that role. He played it exactly. Whenever I look at comics now, his voice is yeah. in my head. Forever. It has yeah. to be. That is the best. Like whenever uh, a character is cast or done in a certain way. Like when when I read a Batman comic book, I'm reading it in Kevin Conroy's yeah. voice. Yeah, yeah. Joker is Mark Hamill. <laughs> exactly. To me. And J. Jonah Jameson will always and forever Absolutely. be. Absolutely. I yeah. so out of out of respect for that beautiful the, the, one of the only roles in the history of the world that's been casted that perfectly. I did not pick one for J. Jonah Jameson. Respect. Yeah. Understandable. Now. For uh, a modern day casting of Spider Man, uh, I went with Freddie Highmore. I know that Freddie Highmore, he's an English actor, um, but he, I, it might just be his haircut in Bates Motel. But <laughs> <laughs> have you guys seen but, the commercial for his new show? The Good Doctor. The Good Doctor. It looks so stupid. Please, like, somebody convince my girlfriend of that because she wants to watch He's it got so autism, so he knows how to doctor us. That's that's the plot. Great. It looks That doesn't so... sound like it takes advantage of of people's mental illnesses at all, oh, right? Oh, it certainly does. <laughs> it yeah. looks so bad. That doesn't sound exploitative. No. <laughs> but, you know, Freddie Highmore, uh, he grew up being the single most English-looking child in yeah. the world. But now that he's grown up, I think he definitely has, like, he can pull off that, like, all-American look, which I think they were kind of going for. Uh, with Peter Parker in this movie, just like he looks like an average teenager, and Freddie Highmore, I think he's in his twenties, but he still looks like the average teenager. Yeah. Um, well, in this movie, he's supposed to be in a university working in a lab. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'd stuff, forgotten. Like I'd forgotten Christian how old said. he was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Come on. Show, but yeah. Show some so, uh, and not to mention, I think Freddie Highmore is perfectly capable of reading lines off cue cards, uh, and that's pretty much all you need to play yeah, Spider-Man true. in this movie. <laughs> all right. Who's ready? Hit it. Oh, snap. So, for Judy, because, again, it's yeah. the 70s and the women characters just don't matter, which We're is We're so sorry. So sorry. <laughs> On I behalf went... of the 70s, we apologize. <laughs> I and I was with, there for. Uh, Melissa Benoist. Okay. Who, uh, Plays Supergirl. Yeah, yeah, Supergirl. She was in Glee. Uh, Whiplash. Whip. Yeah, she was in Whiplash. She played the uh, Miles Teller's like, love interest, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I went with Melissa Benoist. She's cute and she's fun and she can be bubbly and everything. And I just feel like she'd be a good fit. <laughs> and that's the end of the character. So yeah. that's fine. <laughs> yeah. uh, for Captain Barbera, I went with the dirtiest, grimiest looking dude I could think of that's acting in television right now. TV specifically. And so I picked Skeet Ulrich. <laughs> because he just looks gross and kind of he looks like he should be chomping a cigar 24/7 man why why whatever you thought I don't know I mean Skeet Ulrich I you're right he's handsome but he's like a dirty gross handsome I don't know but what you're talking about. Why would I at thought all? when you thought dirty grimy, it's hilarious to me that that was the natural following. Oh yeah, Skeet Ulrich. Never well, because I, I just recently saw him in Riverdale, and he's kind of a gross like thug in that move in that show, and and his name is Skeet, which is just gross. That is gross. 
His I name is like Skeet. He does have a. He, it's a weird name for an actor to keep, Skeet Ulrich, because yeah. that is not a very. Yeah, pretty what a name. risky move, and he made it somehow. <laughs> yeah, I mean, a little I know. bit. Yeah, well, yeah, he was fine. made it. He oh, plays a 90s. supporting character uh, on a that, CW show based off the belongs. Archer comics, and 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 he was the villain in one of the biggest slasher films of the early 2000s. Christian, uh, relax. Wait, what? True. Which one? No. Spoilers. I might spoil that movie for someone who hasn't seen it. I don't know it's what been, movie it is. It came out like 17 years ago. I don't know what the movie is. What's it's, the movie? It's Scream. It's Scream. Oh, that's right. I did know that. I'm, I am, I'm not going to wait two decades to not spoil a slasher movie for right. somebody. <laughs> for J. Jonah Jameson, I did something very similar to Jacob out of respect for J.K. Simmons easily one of the best comic book castings of all time. But instead of not picking anyone, I just pick J.K. Simmons because I want J.K. Simmons to play him in everything forever. No, the only reason I didn't do that instead is because I would never pull that man down to this grime and filth. That's true. He's an Oscar-winning actor, but he's also the voice of the yellow peanut M&M, so I think he's okay with taking any work. (laughs) Yeah, he is already like dragging himself down to the grime and filth by appearing in the upcoming Justice League movie. He's oh, right man. there with the Skeetle riches of the world. Uh, as I say every episode, I can't wait for a couple of years from now where I can tear that sure travesty apart. Oh, man. For, it's going to uh, be so good. For Edward Byron, the main villain, I went with a pick that I thought was kind of creative and kind of fun and kind of a callback to the original film. And so I, I would cast Nicholas Hammond. You know, he's older now. He hmm. he looks older. He's in his 50s or I always 60s. I appreciate those. I know some people think it's kind of hammy or stupid. Me. When, I When dig. they call back to older, like, the original movie when they're rebooting it and they'll cast, like, someone from the original. Yeah, like, Spider-Man shows up and Nicholas Hammond is Byron. He's like, I used to be like you. Nah, the only use fun. of it that I liked was in Starsky and Hutch when they brought back Starsky oh and Hutch. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I totally appreciate it, though, when they do it. Yeah, I like it. I do not have a problem with it unless it's just crammed down your throat. Yeah, it's like a fun little thing to use for a cameo, but it's not like... I don't think it should be a plot. Sure. One good example is uh, in the movie Superman Returns, uh, Clark Kent and Jimmy Olsen are at a bar, and the bartender is the guy that played Jimmy Olsen on like the old black and white television series. And that's his whole role in it. And I was like... I never would have. He doesn't stand out in any sort of way, and I just happened to see something about it. No. I know I didn't listen to the commentary on that movie, but for the cherry on top, yeah, let's get this Spider Man. I went with. Uh, I don't know if either of you know who he is. His name's Blake Jenner. He uh, he was also in Glee. He actually elect- acted alongside Melissa Benoist, which is part of the reason I picked him. Uh, he was in. He played Jake in uh, the Richard Linklater movie. Everybody wants some. Which was a really good movie. He okay. was the lead. Uh, oh, we're we're Linklater people in this home. Yeah. Yes, we are. <laughs> I've got a picture pulled up. That's what he looks like. Yeah. 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 I I knew who you were talking about whenever you said. Oh, okay. Yeah. I wasn't sure, but yeah, I'd go I'd go with Blake Jenner because he's got sort of the clean, all American look with like the seventies hair and the I'm about sideburns it. I'm and about all it. that. And so that's that's my pick. Cool. Let's rate this Let's, piece of garbage. Oh man. All right. Um. I gave it a two out of ten. I can imagine worse, but just barely. This is by far 
one of the worst superhero movies I've ever seen. Um, I gave it uh, a one out of ten as far as uh, anything cinematic oh related. I am again. so sick of the multiple scales. <laughs> we'll get used to again. it, baby. This is your thing now. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and give it a solid eight out of ten if you have uh, a pair like if you have kids um, and these kids are deaf and you need to get them up for school in the morning and they also and have they keep, copious keep, amounts of dilated in their bloodstream and they keep they keep trying to fall back asleep over and over again if you play this movie in the home where they're at the sheer evil radiating from it will rouse them from sleep and make them put as much distance between themselves and the house as possible which hopefully will be school so on that rating system, I'm going to give it a nine. Wait, a nine? Yeah. You just said an eight. Yeah, I hate an you. Eight, and then you changed it to a nine. Yeah, but it was better at the end. <laughs> so, <laughs> but let's as see, the more finding, I said it, I convinced myself. Finding the medium there, Jacob gives it a five for some reason. Christian? <laughs> I gave it, I didn't give it a full zero out of ten. Let me preface this by saying Spider-Man is my favorite superhero. I've got a Spider-Man tattoo. I know everything there is to know about Spider-Man. I love him more than anything. And this movie made me want to die. It made me want someone to mind control me to kill myself. It was so (laughs) bad. I gave it a 0.5 out of 10. Because it's not... I can imagine worse. But, I mean, just so barely... Somebody's like shoving bamboo under your fingernails to get worse while you're watching whatever movie you're yeah. watching. <laughs> Question: Is this the worst Spider-Man movie? Yes. Yeah. By yes. far. Yes. Yeah. By far. That is. My official list now is Wait, Homecoming. No. No. Oh, no. Okay. No. We're not doing that. No. Oh, all right. We'll get there. All right. <laughs> well, we'll get there. Like we'll five there separate five times. Years. <laughs> I don't like this. Um. Okay. Um. Yeah, that's, you guys good? You guys everything. all good? Yeah. You got all your stuff, everything you wrote down. All I that have good one stuff. last thing I need to say about this movie. Let's hear it. I hate this movie. I hate it. I hate it. <laughs> yeah. I hate it. If you were involved in the production of this movie, I hope you got nominated for an Oscar later on to cleanse your heart and soul of the stain you nope, left on nope. it. No, if you were involved in this movie, nothing but Razzies for the rest <laughs> of your life. Look, I, I want redemption you. for people. I don't. <laughs> Nobody gets redeemed from this. Especially not Thayer. Huh? My name's Thayer. <laughs> I play Byron. Well, I hate this movie. On that, note. on that note, sorry people from the South who listen to this. Um, okay, so... Making um, fun of people from the we, South. Uh, so j- just in case anybody noticed... Uh, we went ahead and skipped a week. Uh, we kind of had some conflicts with uh, with work and everything like that. We were kind of trying to to get our website working, to get our Patreon going, kind of work on our Facebook and everything. Um, but we're going to be releasing consistently every Tuesday uh, from now on. So it wasn't like a consistent thing that we're planning on releasing biweekly now. We just kind of screwed up a little bit. Um, also, oh, Go ahead. I just said oops. Oh, thanks. Um, also, of course, as always, we're on Facebook, Superhero Fatigue Podcast. Uh, we're on Twitter and Instagram as at SHF Podcast. So please tweet at us. Uh, send us Instagram direct messages, but only clean ones, please, because I'm pretty sure my girlfriend also has the Instagram account on her phone. I'll take the dirty ones. <laughs> I, I'll take them off your hands, too. <laughs> Thank God for you guys. Thank God for you. 
Um, uh, also, you can tweet at us uh, or hit us up on Facebook with the hashtag, hashtag SHF podcast, uh, because there have been three uses of it so far in the history of Twitter. I checked uh, and they were all by us. So yeah. please, somebody use that podcast. I know I said last week we were teasing the Patreon and we were going to release it this week. So we've officially decided uh, our Patreon will be releasing or will be kind of going live within the next week. Um, and the drinking games that we've been talking about, they're officially going to be bonus episodes only for Patreon subscribers. So if you want to give us a couple of bucks a month, you get to listen to all three of us get really, really drunk. We're talking uh, rip shit, baby. Yeah, we're talking, we're, we're talking like... Lock the front door, lock the back door. Don't let anybody come over drunk. It might be a little bit longer before we get those episodes up, just because we do have other uh, yeah. stuff that we have to drink for coming up. <laughs> yeah, the, the, Patreon, the Patreon will go up, though. So please know that at some point, you guys are going to be getting a lot of extra content um, to, as a thank you for, for contributing to us and letting us keep on doing this, because, of course, we all have jobs. We all have other stuff that we do. This is all a spare time thing. Uh, anything that you can give us is always appreciated. Um, so unless you guys have anything else, I think we're ready to get out of here. So bye bye Can this be a hand signal? No. Yeah.